0: President Joe Biden delivered his State of the Union last night. Some funny things happened, some bizarre things happened, and some sad and really frustrating things were said as well. We will get into all of it, as well as what I thought was an incredible GOP response today. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use promo code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com, code Allie. All right, guys. Happy Wednesday. Halfway there. And today we get to talk about the State of the Union that our beloved Commander-in-Chief Joe Biden delivered last night. You know, I have to say I was watching it. I watched maybe like the last 30 minutes. It was that long that it had already been going on for about 30 minutes by the time I decided to tune in. And it was very boring. It was very difficult to watch, but it kind of got spicy in there. I don't know if you guys saw any clips circulating on Twitter or on Instagram, but Republicans were standing up and speaking out and screaming and yelling in some cases. So it kind of made it exciting. Honestly, I know some people might have criticism of that. I kind of like, I kind of like that spirit. I kind of like the, the raucousness of. And the excitement that comes with kind of the back and forth, because there are some points when Biden even like responded to that. And we'll get into that today. So the State of the Union, obviously, is not very good. Like you're feeling it, right? You're feeling it in your pocketbook, which affects everything. Inflation is affecting you. The supply chain is affecting you. Even just post-COVID, things still don't seem normal. Things seem slower. They seem smaller. They seem lower quality in a lot of ways. Travel seems more stressful. Incompetence in places where we don't want incompetence seems to be thriving, whether it's the kind of service that you get or even all these stories that we keep seeing about airplanes almost crashing into each other on the runways. it just you wonder all right, are we ever going to get back to this place of excellence and competence that America used to be? Because we valued those things. So things just don't really feel good. Even if things are going well in your personal life, things are harder, I think, for a lot of people than they were before. But it's the job of the president of the State of the Union, despite all of these things, to make you feel like things are going well and that he, his administration, and his party are putting things on the right track. That's not just the Democrats that do that. That's also Republicans. It's not really delivering a state of the union. It's really saying, here are all of the things that my administration has done and done well, and not even necessarily an accurate depiction of those things. But here's how we want to present them to you. So you think that things are going well. And here are all of the things that we're going to deliver you. So it's really about kind of bolstering hope and enthusiasm for this president and his particular party, it's not actually to give an accurate rendering of the State of the Union. Even when they present, okay, here are the problems that we're looking at as a country. They kind of do that just to say, oh, I understand that this is a problem and we're going to address it. But as we'll talk about today, Republicans kind of called him out in real time on some of those things. So we're going to play some clips and I'll respond to them. I'll fact check some of the things that he said. And we will play some things that I kind of thought were funny as well. And a lot of people were talking about on social media. We're not going to go in chronological order. We are going to go in order of what I want, of the things that I want to talk about, the things that I have uh, the most enthusiasm about. Okay, before we get into it, let me just, someone tweeted this, we fact-checked it, and so it's correct, Tom Elliott, he tweets these kinds of facts in different news clips a lot. He said, actual State of the Union, so this just gives us context that we're setting up here. Inflation, 14.5%. Now, I've heard Joe Biden say in the past that inflation was here when Trump was president. Inflation was at like 1.4% or something like that when Trump was president. So not exactly true. Inflation, 14.5% deficit, $1.6 trillion. Debt, $31.5 trillion. I will say Republicans and Democrats have contributed to that. States debt, $1.2 trillion. Debt to GDP, 120%. Debt per taxpayer, $246,000. Unfunded liabilities, $181 trillion. Annual fentanyl deaths: 108,000. That's insanely tragic and incredible. And he'll actually note that as we'll talk about in a minute. Um, 2022 migrant border crossings: 2.76 million. Hmm, that seems to go hand in hand with the fentanyl part. Average federal salary: $91,000. Oh, interesting. And yet, standing ovation count throughout this speech was 86. So, I mean, that's just a small picture of the State of the Union. That's not even looking at the, like the moral and cultural decay that we talk about on a daily basis on this show. That's just part of it. That's just what you're feeling in your pocketbook. And then he also brags in the speech about how he's going to raise taxes. It will end up being on everyone. He claims it's only for people making $400,000, but we'll talk about that more later. All right. Let's start with this uh, first clip. Um. And this has nothing to do with the speech. This doesn't even have to do with Joe Biden. This has to do with the good doctor, Jill Biden. And her greeting towards the second gentleman, is that what you call him? Second man. So first lady, second gentleman. So this is Kamala Harris's husband, who has his own last name, Douglas Hoff. They greeted each other, and a lot of people were talking about how weird this was so let me play you. And by the way, if you're listening to this, you need to watch this on YouTube. You're not going to get the full effect if you're not watching this on YouTube. All right, let me let me show you this interaction before the speech started. Here we go. Okay, so I wish that we could like, I wish that we could stop and just freeze frame that and zoom in. Actually, I'm going to ask if we have some pictures, if you're watching on YouTube, some pictures that people were circulating on Twitter to put those up. I mean, it was like a full-on lip lock, all right? I mean, they greeted each other, and there we go. There, I mean, that looks so weird. So I understand that some people... Kiss when they greet each other, like they kiss on the cheek or maybe even a light peck on the lips. Maybe if you're family, I am not a part of that culture, please, unless you are my husband or one of my children, do not ever try to kiss me on the cheek or anything, when you're greeting me, I just find that very uncomfortable personally. But this was like a lip lock. I am talking like one lip on top of the other, like dovetailing each other. That was weird. So I'm not saying that anything is going on here behind the scenes. That's not what I'm implying. I'm just saying that this was weird and don't do this. So a lot of people were talking about that. So I wanted to just I just wanted to set that up. That's how this whole evening started with this makeout sesh between the second lady and the second gentleman. Interesting dynamic we've got going on there. All right. And then Biden, Joe Biden, he starts out the speech with a gaffe because it wouldn't be a speech by the president of the United States if he did not I'm sorry, but it's just true. It's true. Okay, we can all just own that at this point, no matter what side of the aisle that you're on. Um, he's old and old people do things like this. And so I guess it just comes naturally. So here he is introducing Chuck Schumer.
1: And congratulations to Chuck Schumer. Another, uh, you know, another term is Senate Minority Leader. Uh, you know, I think you uh, <sighs> only this time you have a slightly bigger majority, Mr. Leader. and You're the majority leader, about that much bigger.
0: Okay, so he is the majority leader. He is the majority leader, not the minority leader. <laughs> Congratulations on being the minority leader. Would you be excited about that if Democrats were in the minority and Senate? And just don't say anything that goes off the teleprompter. You know, sometimes Trump would get in trouble, too, when he would go off the teleprompter. Not gaffed like that, but, you know, he would say things extemporaneously that would be like, whoa, got to rein it in for the State of the Union. But... Biden, just in general, doesn't really know what's going on, so it would be best of him to just stick to the script so he doesn't say silly things like this. All right, and we've got another example. This is one of a few examples, sadly, of Joe Biden last night of saying something that we're, just everyone is left saying, huh?
1: If you try anything to raise the cost of presuming jobs, I will veto it.
0: <laughs> oh, no, Republicans, don't do that. Don't raise the cost. of Don't do it. I know that you've been threatening all day, every day to put forth your bill for raising the price of. But he is telling you clearly do not do that. Someone should actually someone in Congress (laughs) should present a bill to raise the price of. And see what Joe Biden does. All right. Now we're going to get into some more serious stuff, some more egregious stuff, some some stuff that shows us that this is really a spiritual battle just beyond a political one. But first, let me pause. Let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day, and that is Adele Natural Cosmetics. So I absolutely love this company. It's a cosmetic and skincare company. I use their skincare line every day. I love their makeup products. This is clean beauty, and this is um, a family-run company. They make all of their own ingredients. This is all USA-made. They're Christians. They're pro-life. They share the same values that you and I do, and they just really care about the ingredients that they put in all of their products. I feel like my skin feels and looks really good since I started using Adele Natural Cosmetics. I love their moisturizer. I love their facial cleansing oil. I love their toner. Really do. I love all of it. Check out adelnaturalcosmetics.com. You can enter promo code Alley for 25% off your first order. That's a great deal. A-D-E-L naturalcosmetics.com. Enter promo code Alley for 25% off your first order. adelnaturalcosmetics.com. Code Allie. All right, so this was about mid towards maybe the last third or so of the speech where he announces his support, uh, reiterates his support, and Democrats support. For Roe v. Wade, which, of course, as we know, was the constitutional decision back in 1973 that said the poisoning and the dismembering of living babies inside the womb is a constitutional right that cannot be completely um, banned by the states. It can't even be fully, um, fully restricted by the states, and there is a limit on the restrictions that states can put on abortion because the Supreme Court decided it's a constitutional right. Obviously, the. Jobs' decision uh, last year overturned that. As the Supreme Court rightly said, no, it's not a constitutional right. States can decide what they want to do, whether they want to ban it, whether they want to restrict it, whether they want to allow it all the way. But it is not a constitutional right that should be guaranteed. Obviously, Democrats disagree with that. They believe that it should be Uh, a right, I guess a, a right given by our creator to be able to kill children simply because they exist inside the womb. So here is Biden and the Democratic Party celebrating that gruesome reality.
1: Congress must restore the right that was taken away in Roe v. Wade and protect Roe v. Wade. Give every woman a council right. The Vice President and I are doing everything to protect access to reproductive health care and safeguard patient safety. But already, more than a dozen states are enforcing extreme abortion bans. Make no mistake about it. If Congress passes a national ban, I will veto it.
0: Standing ovation. Standing ovation. Cheers. Applause. Celebration from the Democratic Party, from the vice president that you saw there over the brutal killing of living children. All right. I mean, obviously, you can only kill something that's alive. Democrats seem to forget that as they say abortion somehow mysteriously is not killing. We're talking about human beings. We're talking about human beings made in the image of God at the end of the speech Joe Biden says, you know, we're all created in God's image. We should be able to live in dignity. Oh, except for the babies that you think should be poisoned legally, subsidized by the taxpayer without restriction. And he is calling on Congress to pass a law that would allow abortion through all nine months without restriction. We're talking about people here. We're talking about vulnerable, defenseless human beings that can recognize their mother's voice that can recognize light, that are squirming, kicking. They have their own unique DNA. This is not a parasite. This is not an organ. This is not some kind of subhuman species. We are talking about living human beings in the womb that the entire Democrat Party doesn't just think should be uh, legal to murder, but they also think that that murder is worth celebrating. Abortion, whether it's in the first, second, or third trimester, is always brutal. It is always murder. It is always killing. It is always torture. It is always violence of literally the most vulnerable, the most marginalized class of human beings in existence, unborn children. I'm sorry, but like I will repeat, I do not know how a Christian in good conscience could vote for this party. There is no moral equivalent on the Republican side. You could say, oh, I don't like how Republicans cut welfare or you don't like how they deal with immigration or you don't think they're compassionate enough on X, Y, Z. There's no moral equivalent. I understand you're not liking those things. I'm not saying that the Republican Party is perfect. I certainly don't think that by any means. I actually think that they're not conservative enough on a lot of issues. I'm not saying that all Republicans are are Christians, but I am saying it is really, really difficult to square being a Christian with voting Democrat. In fact, I don't think that you can logically, uh, biblically do it. I mean, Christians can be wrong. I'm not saying that you are not saved if you vote Democrat. I don't think a precursor to being saved is voting Republican by any means. But you have a really, really difficult time um, aligning biblical values with Democrat values. Democrat values cheer on the mutilation of children through gender confusion They cheer on the mutilation of children through abortion. And it's just not possible to, in good conscience, follow the creator of life who knits babies together in their mother's womb and vote for that. And I think while Christians can be wrong, we're wrong on a lot of things, and that doesn't mean that we're not saved, that God will have to eventually sanctify you out of that. Maybe that doesn't mean that you ever vote Republican. I'm not saying that, but I don't think that you can vote Democrat and continue to be a faithful Christian the entirety of your life. Like, I think that God will eventually, if you're a true believer, sanctify you out of that wrong belief, certainly in your support of abortion. You cannot be pro-choice and a Christian forever. Like, God will, like, something's got to give. God will eventually, if you are a true believer, sanctify you out of that the erroneous belief that children do not deserve, for some reason, the legal protection against murder. I mean, it's logically inconsistent, it's morally repugnant, and it's just biblically impossible. So eventually, like he will sway you out of that evil belief. And it's going to be really hard, I think, to vote for the party that openly cheers for that. It's just really sick and dark stuff. And they're not, by the way... They're not at all ashamed of this. Um, they actually posted a few Democrat Congress people, Congresswoman Madeline Dean. She tweeted a photo of herself wearing a pen saying um, abortion. It's just a big abortion pen. I say the word. I wear the word. She said abortion is health care. Abortion saves lives. Actually, abortion kills a person every time. Abortion kills a person. And then we've got Senator Ed um, uh, Ed Markey. He also uh, wore the pen and is provided by Planned Parenthood. So they're not hiding it. Like, this is what Planned Parenthood is about. People say, oh, this is only 3% of what Planned Parenthood does. All right. Well, you know, raping, torturing, and murdering people was probably only 3% of Ted Bundy's life. All right. Okay, you're still a murder mill and they're not even hiding that this is what they're really about essentially. They're not about the mammograms, which I'm not even sure that they really provide. They're not about all of the other so-called healthcare that they say that they provide. They are about dismembering kids. That's what it's about. That's what Planned Parenthood is. And they're funded, by the way, by the government and Democrats are not hiding that they are celebrating this. And let me just reiterate, this is why I say you should not care what people like this call you. You should not care that people like this question your compassion, question your virtue, question your morality. People who literally cheer on murder, you want them to like you? No, it is an honor for them to hate you. Do not waste your time justifying yourself to people who are applauding the dismemberment of children. Of course they hate you. That is a privilege. Wear that as your badge of honor. And for anyone who says, well, Republicans were wearing, you know, AR-15 pens or something the other day, it's not the same as abortion. An AR-15 can be used in a lot of ways. It can be used for fun. It can be used to defend yourself. It's also a constitutional right, by the way, to be able to own a gun. An AR-15 can be used for good. It can also be used for evil. Abortion can only be used for evil. So it's not the same thing at all. Okay, now we're going to get into some more gruesome stuff that Joe Biden said right after this. He talks about quote unquote transgender young people and also gets a standing O for this, so here's that.
1: It's also passed the Bipartisan Equality Act to ensure LGBTQ Americans, especially transgender young people, can live with safety and dignity. Our strength, our strength is not just the example of our power, but the power of our example. Let's remember, the world's watching.
0: Okay, yeah, the world is watching as we mutilate the bodies... Of children. There's no such thing as a transgender young, people or young person. There might be such thing as a confused young person, a distressed young person, a person who either feels confused about their body or who has been convinced that their identity is the opposite of what it is biologically. But to affirm this idea that it's actually possible for a child to be born in the wrong body and they may need to go on something as damaging as puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones or even in some cases get their body parts chopped up. I mean, I mean, that is that is wicked. That is disgusting. I mean, Joe Biden was affirming this during his campaign, too, when he was affirming the idea of like a transgender eight and 10 year old and he still had a bunch of evangelicals uh, voting for him. Yes, I absolutely think it's right for states to ban these kinds of draconian procedures for young people. Okay, When you're young, you go through a lot of confusion and a lot of insecurity, and this is a social contagion that's happening that young kids are caught up in, and they do not have the mental capacity, the emotional capacity to understand what it means to pause your puberty. That has lifelong effects to render yourself sterile, to go on cross-sex hormones, to change and mutilate your bodies in ways that you will never, ever, ever be able to fully recover from. Of course, the state should protect kids against that. But Joe Biden and the Democrat Party is for it. You saw the standing no. The Heritage Foundation has done a lot of work in looking at this. Puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and youth suicide. They published this last year in June. And they say in the past several years, the suicide rate among those ages 12 to 23 has become significantly higher in states that have a provision that allows minors to receive routine health care without parental consent than in states with such a provision. That's because parents are put in place to protect their kids. The state doesn't do a good job of that. School counselors don't do a good job of that very often when it comes to this kind of thing. That's the parent's job. And when parents are involved in their kid's life because they know what is best for their child, they know their child well, they unconditionally love their child in a way that a state doesn't, that a that an activist organization doesn't, that a school counselor, that a liberal teacher uh, doesn't, of course, that child is going to fare better. It is actually when these children are removed from their homes, when they are cut off from their parents, and when they are put down this path of changing their bodies and trying to change their identity that they actually fare must, much worse. And we've talked about that horrible story of Yalie Martinez, immigrant family out of California. She was removed from her mother's home at the request of the school because she said she wanted to be a boy. Her mom wouldn't go along with it, so she went from group home to group home. Uh, until she and she went through with the procedures and with the cross-sex hormones and all that until she ended up committing suicide. Of course, that's what happens. You're doing something to your body that is not only irreversible, but it can't actually give you what you think that you want, and you're removed from the people that actually love you. And that's evil. And that's what the Democratic Party says uh, that they are for. So again, I am absolutely for states taking measures to protect children against the predation of these organizations and the predation of these uh of these doctors, the irreversible damage. It's just too much to bear. And of course, you don't have a right to do it. And I think the state has every right to ban it. Um, all right. We're going to debunk a few other things that Joe Biden said. In one second, let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day, and that is Naturally It's Clean. You guys are always asking me, what's that cleaning company that you're talking about that you love so much? And it's Naturally It's Clean. I love their products. I love that they're safer for kids, for pets, and I love that everything is made in the U.S. This is another company that shares our values, and I love that they use plant enzymes that are really, uh, really, really effective. So they actually clean your carpets, clean your clothes, clean your electronics, countertops, and all that, but there's no fragrance. There's no bad uh, uh, nasty chemicals, and there's no bad ingredients that you have to worry about. That's what I love about Naturally It's Clean. And if you go to naturallyit'sclean.com slash you can see my favorite stuff. Um, you can see the products that I use the most, and you can get an additional 15% off uh, for a limited time. If you go to Naturally It's Clean dot com Slash Allie, you'll see my essential starter kit there. Get an additional fifteen percent off with my link Naturally It's Clean dot com Slash Allie, Naturally It's dot com Slash Allie. All right, Biden said a few other things that we're going to debunk. He talked about Violence and the problem of violent crime, which is a big issue. He said COVID left other scars like a spike in violent crime in twenty twenty, the first year of the pandemic. We also need more first responders and other professionals to address growing mental health and substance abuse challenges, more resources to reduce violent crime and gun crime, more community intervention programs. I'm not sure that any of those programs actually work. He also says we need to ban assault weapons once and for all. Assault weapons are not the issue. If you're looking at the murder rate, the crime rate, the violence. Violent crime rate in inner cities, it is because of Democrat policies that allow that kind of recidivism. It's because of the criminal justice, social justice, so called racial justice programs that basically say, look, we've got to meet certain quotas when it comes to race, and we're not going to put these people in jail. Like, if you look at all of these terrible violent crime stories that we see in the major cities in this country, they're almost always perpetrated by people that should have been in prison a long time ago. Because they committed crime after crime after crime, many times violent crimes, and they were let out because of a liberal judge, because of a liberal DA, because they didn't do their jobs. Because of course, that's what you got to. That's what you got to do to meet the standards of social justice. You keep giving people chance after chance after chance, not thinking about the victims and the potential victims. And so he got a lot of pushback for that uh, in in the audience. But at least, I mean, he did kind of admit, I don't think he really admitted this, but he did say, OK, COVID lockdowns probably led to some of this spike uh, in in violent crime. And I think that's true. Uh, a paper published in the Criminal Justice Policy Review titled, Do Crisis Intervention Teams Reduce Arrest and Improve Officer uh, Safety? And they found that... Um, uh, found that crisis response teams training additional resources have no effect on the number of arrests, people with mel- mental illnesses or reductions in officer arrestee or bystander uh, injuries. And we really don't have any data proving whatsoever that any of those proposals that he just put forth would be effective and lowering violent crime. You have to punish violent crime. You have to punish violent crime. I'm not saying there should be no prevention strategies. I'm not saying there should be no programs. I would love programs that reduce recidivism. I don't just want the only option to be to put people in prison forever for petty crimes and just wait around until they commit the big violent crime that, you know, murders five people. I do want there to be other systems put in place, but it shouldn't be one or the other. It has to be both and. This whole, whole like, restorative justice movement that basically says that justice should never be punitive, that it should never involve long-term incarceration. I think that's damaged and actually killed a lot of people. As I say, social justice does kill, because it actually puts the needs and the comforts of criminals over the well-being of the community and victims. Um, and so, again, I think that he he's addressing a problem and he's trying to make it seem like he understands that there's a problem, they're going to do something about it, but the solutions the Democrats put forth to try to help reduce these things, they're never actually effective. Um, now here's what he uh, here's what he talks about that got a big reaction from Republicans. He talks about fentanyl. He talks about the, the fentanyl overdoses. As I said at the beginning of this, 108,000 per year, and this is going up and up. Many times, accidental overdoses. So people doing cocaine or doing other drugs, they don't realize things are laced with fentanyl. Um, There was this horrible story out of San Francisco of a baby having to go to the hospital because there was literally like fentanyl on the ground where this baby was playing at the park. So obviously, this is a huge problem. Fentanyl is coming. uh, It's being made in China. It's coming over through the southern border. And because we have such a porous southern border and we have not equipped Border Patrol to do what they need to do, this problem is only getting worse and Americans are literally dying. So here's Biden talking about the problem with absolutely no solution.
1: Fentanyl is killing more than 70,000 Americans a year. You got it.
0: So. He doesn't actually address what they're saying. They're saying, it's your fault. It's your fault. This is the border again. And then you've got Kevin McCarthy, you know, in the background, Speaker of the House saying, you know, shh, be quiet. And that's kind of what he does. That's what Nancy Pelosi did beforehand. That's kind of their role to say, you know, keep an order. I don't really mind them calling this out, though, because it's true, because we understand that the Border Patrol is unequipped to do their job because they're not well funded and they're uh, not well staffed. He tried to talk about that he's supporting Border Patrol, but obviously that's not true. Monthly encounters with migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border remain near record highs because these migrants understand that Joe Biden, the Democrat Party, is going to try to get them what they want. I mean, he even talks about uh, in this speech, a pathway to citizenship for DREAMers for these, you know, 17-year-olds that are coming over illegally, that they are going to get amnesty. Of course, that's going to incentivize these people to come over and to make this dangerous track. We're talking about uh, exacerbating and enabling sex trafficking, drug trafficking, gun trafficking. I mean, all of the most horrific crimes that you can think of, the most destructive stuff that you can think of is enabled and exacerbated by not having strong immigration and border policy and the biden administration has exemplified that weak uh, border policy really well uh the dea seized over 379 million deadly doses of fentanyl in 2022 that is incredible incredible so you, you see when people are like oh uh border walls are so it's lacking compassion or deporting people lacks compassion we should be a sanctuary city we should protect people from ice We um, should just allow people to come in. Louis C.K., who was on Joe Rogan the other day, gave some crazy pie in the sky. Just honestly disgusting. Um, picture of what he thinks open borders should look like, because it's not fair that Americans live well and people in South America and Mexico don't. So they should come in. So we all live like them. Of course, that's what equity is. You bring everyone to the lowest common denominator and make everyone, except for super rich people like him, equally miserable rather than trying to pull people up and making their lives better, which is what could happen if their own leadership wasn't so corrupt and they stayed where They were. No one is helped. Actually, no one is helped by coming into America and draining America of its resources through illegal immigration. And so it is a wicked it's a wicked leader that prioritizes the needs and well-beings of citizens of other countries before the needs and safety and security and well-being and the rights of their own constituents. Um, All right. He also talks about Social Security and says that Republicans want to take Social Security away. I'll get into that in just one second. First, let me tell you about Birch Gold. So as we already talked about, the U.S. is blowing through the $31.4 trillion debt ceiling Uh, They did that in January and the leftist White House still refuses to reduce spending. That's just going to make inflation worse. You want to make sure that your savings are secure. Birch gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. You need to diversify with birch gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold is king because it's uh, dependable. So text Allie to 989-898 to claim your free info kit on gold. No obligation or anything like that. Just learn more about it. See if it's right for you. Text Ally to 989-898 for that free info kit. Allie to 989-898. Okay, Social Security. Biden says that um, GOP, that they want to take away people's social security he said some of my republican friends want to take the economy hostage unless i agree to their economic plans instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share some republicans want medicare and social security to sunset so here's how that whole thing went
1: instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share some republicans some republicans want medicare and social security to sunset i'm not saying it's a majority I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look, folks.
0: All right. So he is talking about Republican Rick Scott's 11-point rescue America proposal. um He says in number and point number six in the plan, the government reform and debt that all federal legislation sunsets in five years. But if a law is worth keeping, then Congress can pass it again. And so Democrats pointed out that this would affect Medicare and Social Security, even though he doesn't specifically point to that. But that was his, you know, particular plan. This is not something that has been taken up with the rest of the GOP Senate majority uh, uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky opposes key parts of the plan says that that's not part of his agenda. Kevin McCarthy said that Republicans will protect Social Security. That's just it's just not a popular position. It's not a popular position. I don't really blame Democrats for capitalizing on one particular legislator's plan and saying this is what all Republicans want to do. I think Republicans would probably do the same thing as well. But um, it's simply not true that that is part of the Republican agenda. That would lose that would lose elections, whether or not you think it is a good plan. And there is a lot about Social Security that I think is unfair uh, for the American people. But it's just not a winning issue. And so Republicans are saying, no, that is not what we have ever said that we want to do. And just for anyone who is saying, "Wow, you know, this was so it was so unpolite. It was so wrong of these Republican members to be yelling at Joe Biden. I love how like defensive Joe Biden gets here there and he actually like responds to them. Um, I think that's good. Like he they kind of put him in a position of weakness there. And I kind of like the back and forth. Um, But this happened to Trump, too. This is according to NBC in 2018. Democrats scoff, boo, groan at Trump's State of the Union uh and the article talks about how the there are there were democrats who boycotted all together and the democrats who stood up and who yelled at him and who boo during his state of the union so please don't say oh this is just republicans they look so bad and democrats are so respectful the same kind of thing happened under trump and nbc even said even on things that trump said that would have from any other president gotten bipartisan applause like Democrats booed at it. That's NBC saying that. So that was back in 2018. As far as I know, there were no Republicans who boycotted last night. So uh, let's stop with the your party is disrespectful. Both parties have their raucous members who are going to stand up and say something, whatever. It's just the way that it is. Um, All right, let's go to Biden uh, talking about taxes. So He said that I think a lot of you at home agree with me that our present tax system is simply unfair. The idea that in 2020, 55 of the biggest companies in America made $40 billion in profits and paid zero in federal income taxes, that's simply not fair. corporations, it is true that in some years, certain corporations, often those that appear profitable pay zero federal income taxes. That's not due to any like loopholes or anything. There are several legitimate reasons why a profitable uh, corporation may not pay income taxes. And this is from taxfoundation.org. The misconception comes down to a misunderstanding of how corporate income is defined and then a misunderstanding of how corporate income is taxed. Now, I am not someone, though, who prioritizes like corporate tax cuts or who thinks that there should be loopholes for corporations. I'm not someone who is like going to go to bat for corporations because I do think that they are very often corrupt entities that work against the interests of the American people. And I actually think Democrats are very often in bed with those major corporations and also Um, with big tech. And so, but he uses this as the point that the rich people are not paying their fair share and um, and he categorizes rich not as just these billion dollar companies, but also as anyone making over $400,000 a year. Depending on where you live, that's not necessarily rich. Now, I'm not saying that's not good money. I'm not saying that, but it also it depends on where you live. Four hundred thousand dollars in L.A. or New York City is not going to get you very far. And he says in this speech that people who earn four hundred thousand dollars a year or more are going to pay more in their taxes. But I don't believe it's just those people. I absolutely believe it's going to be people who make under four hundred thousand dollars, too. And by the way, the rich do pay their fair share. The top one percent, so making five hundred and forty thousand dollars or more, pays forty percent of all income taxes so they make twenty one percent of all income earned but they pay forty percent of all income taxes the top two to five percent so people making two hundred and eighteen thousand a year to five hundred and forty thousand a year they uh, they make of all income earned, and yet they pay 20% of all income taxes. The vast majority of income taxes are paid by the top 10% of earners in this country. It's actually the bottom 50% that barely pays anything at all in taxes. And it's actually disproportionate to what these high income earners are making depending on how you define high, just top 10%. But top 10%, I mean, that can include people making $150,000 a year. And again, in somewhere like New York City, that's not necessarily a lot of money. And yet you're paying a lot of money in taxes. So it's simply wrong to say that the rich aren't paying their fair share. They're paying a whole lot of money. Now, okay, to finish out what Joe Biden um, how Joe, Joe Biden uh, talked about some things and the response that he got. Here he is uh, talking about oil and here's what Republicans have to say about it.
1: And when I talked to a couple of them, they say, well, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade and that's going to exceed <laughs> and beyond that. We're going to need it.
0: Republicans are laughing at that because, I mean, he makes the he makes a good point that, yeah, these investors don't want to invest in oil because they're afraid that Democrats are going to shut down these uh, oil refineries. And he's right, because that's what Joe Biden and his administration has done. He's made it very difficult to drill and to drill in new places. I mean, we have all the oil that we need here in the United States, and he is willing to rely on other countries rather than the oil that we have here for the sake of silly climate purposes. And um, he says, oh, don't worry, we'll need it for the next 10 years. So you should still invest. And all Republicans die laughing at that because we're going to need oil forever. Far longer than 10 years. The fact that he thinks that in 10 years, we're going to be able to replace oil with wind and solar and whatever, I mean, that is insane. If they are able to accomplish that, you are looking at the deaths of billions and billions of people who aren't able to eat, who aren't able to heat their homes. I mean, everything would be affected by trying to transfer out of reliance on oil. So that's why Republicans are laughing there as they should. So a lot of other things that he talked about, he was basically just kind of complaining about things that he doesn't like, resort fees, um, things like that, that he says that he's going to ban. And okay, that's fine. Um, All right. I want to quickly just play um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders response. We'll play one clip from her that I thought was really good. And I love her. I love her, by the way, and we will finish this out. All right, last sponsor for the day is Eden Pure. So if you're looking for a good air purifier in your home, one that will kill viruses, bacteria, odors, things like that, that doesn't take up any space and doesn't make any noise, you plug it right into your wall, then you need to check out the thunderstorm from Eden Pure. It uses O3 technology to kill all those viruses, bacteria, and odors, and just make your home feel fresh and smell fresh too. You can also travel with it. It's super small. That's what I like to do. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use discount code Allie. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code Allie. Shipping is free. Right now, they've got a buy one, get one sale going on. Buy one, get one free. Get one Thunderstorm, you get another one for free. If you're watching on YouTube, that is not what they look like. They plug right into the wall. But buy one, get one free. Go to edempuredeals.com Use discount code Allie. Okay, I wanted to play a couple clips from Sarah Huckabee Sanders, but we don't have time for that. I just want to play this one that I thought was really strong. And before I even play it, let me just say, so I don't know if um if Governor... Sanders, if she is, um, if she listens to Relatable. But I do know that there are a lot of friends that she has very close to her who listen to Relatable. I've met them. I've met the governor. She's amazing. I hope that she's a Relatable fan because that would be amazing. But even if she is not, I do know that the people close to her listen to the show very faithfully, which is pretty cool. Um, so here she is with this
2: amazing and very compelling message for the GOP. President Biden and I don't have a lot in common. I'm for freedom. He's for government control. At 40, I'm the youngest governor in the country. And at 80, he's the oldest president in American history. I'm the first woman to lead my state and he's the first man to surrender his presidency to a woke mob that can't even tell you what a woman is. In the radical left's America, Washington taxes you and lights your hard-earned money on fire, but you get crushed with high gas prices, empty grocery shelves, and our children are taught to hate one another on account of their race, but not to love one another or our great country. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy.
0: Go listen to her full speech online. We don't have time, obviously, to play all of it. So good, so strong. Love it. She's going to do a great job for the people of Arkansas. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, the GOP also gave a Spanish um, response. And there was a, you know, there was a mixed response about that from the conservative side. I think that the person that gave it, Representative Juan uh, uh, Mani, uh, my document says, Ciscomani. he gave a Spanish language GOP response. Some people are like, look, English might not be our official language, but it should be our language. This is not something that the GOP should do. It's un-American. Some people are saying that. Others are saying, look, we've got millions and millions of Spanish speakers in the United States. Republicans are doing a better and better job of appealing to this constituency, and it can't hurt. It can only help. So that is like there are two sides to that. Some people don't like it. They just think it is unpatriotic to represent the language that is more prominent in other countries. Some people think, okay, it's a really good strategy. And don't we want these people to vote for us? Because a lot of them have conservative values that do align better with Republicans than they do Democrats. So just something to think about. You should watch that, too, if you speak Spanish and can understand it because from what I understand, it was a very good response. All right. That's all we've got time for today. We will be back here tomorrow.